You're listening to That Entertainment Podcast with Andy Leroy, chatting to the artists behind what's on in Adelaide right now. This year's Adelaide Fringe Festival features a one-night-only performance by Adelaide's Lumina Vocal Ensemble, presenting 900 years of women composers. A musical journey that starts all the way back in the 12th century, right up to today, with compositions by three Adelaide women in the mix. The evening is set to be a treat for anybody who enjoys what's commonly referred to as classical music, with the added twist of only featuring women composers. I slipped behind the scenes of the ensemble's technical rehearsal and had a chat to Anna Pope, musical director for the ensemble, who has been rehearsing with them a little bit longer than normal this year. We actually started late last year because what we're trying to do with the COVID plan is to spread the rehearsals out at least two weeks apart just so that if anything does happen then we sort of don't endanger anybody and we're all sort of trying to keep a lot of distance. We're also rehearsing in new venues now, that larger venues than we used to rehearse in and also having our concert in quite a large space which is the um, Torrens Parade Ground Drill Hall which is a marvellous space that's not used enough for concerts actually and I'm hoping more people will start to use it because it really is awesome and we're doing our, our one and only concert here on the 13th of March. Acoustically as I walked in you were mid-rehearsal and Again, thank you for inviting me down this afternoon because it was really such a treat to hear something like this in preparation. Another thing that you mentioned to me throughout the afternoon is that you've split the choir into two. Again, another COVID measure. That's true. For about more than half the program, we're actually singing in two separate choirs. So the group is about 20 voices. So we're actually doing two uh, choirs of 10 voices for most of the program and particularly the program where we're using the lute and the viola de gamba because the Renaissance and Baroque period music um, lends itself to a lovely uh, basso continuo accompaniment, which is the, the lute and the viola de gamba. And they're not the loudest instruments. So what we wanted to do was have a smaller group um, so it's more of a chamber experience. So what we've done is split into um, two choirs for most of the performance and then coming together at the end to do lots of stuff um, together for the audience. Now, you're celebrating 900 years of women composers with this program. My first thought when I read that title was, as I was learning about music in high school and learning about the different eras of music through the centuries, I don't remember a lot of women coming up in those discussions. No, look, it's very true and it's very sad. I mean, I'm glad to say that the ABC uh, Classic FM have been starting to um, showcase women composers in the last year or so. And there are quite a few um, that are coming up and now that people know about from, say, the Romantic period and the 20th century, 21st century, there's quite a lot of women composers. What's harder to find and rarer to hear is anything earlier, particularly medieval composers. So... Most of you, or some of you may have heard of Hildegard of Bingen. She's certainly the most famous medieval composer, um, female, but probably also composer, who was an amazing uh, visionary and nun who who wrote the most beautiful music. We're starting the concert with a piece by her, so she dates back to the 12th century, so that's 900 years ago. And then another piece by a, a, a Trubaritz, which is a female troubadour who was actually a countess, but she went out and she performed music and it's the only known piece of hers to survive. And I looked really hard for any other music by women in the medieval period and I could find nothing until the mid 16th century. So that's where we jumped to and we performed with lute. Um, and then during that period, a lot of women lived in nunneries. Uh, it was very, very common. If you were in the aristocracy, I think in the 15th, 16th century around then, around 50% of aristocratic women were living in nunneries. That was the place where they they would get some sort of education because that was also the place where um, learning lived in the um, monasteries and nunneries um, in the early Renaissance. 
And what's interesting is although they're living in nunneries, a lot of the pieces are really quite luscious and about love and fidelity and um, very sort of real human characteristics and not so much godly um, works, which I thought was was lovely to hear such um, passionate music coming out of the nunneries. That's something that struck me as I read through some of the lyrics that you were kind enough to, to pass across to me, that um, even though the music sounds quite angelic and like it would come out of a monastery, some of the content of that probably wouldn't belong there, would it? No, and I think I think it's more about the fact that these women were educated by being in the monastery. That was the place where all the books were kept in the days when we didn't have printed books. They were certainly of high rank and they probably got away with a fair bit. So that's why they probably um, wrote things which are closer to what we'd probably think of as, say, madrigals, which would have been performed at the courts and, and outside of the nunneries. So it's, it's a really interesting dichotomy what you get there because you sort of get these, these um, aristocratic women writing... They wrote music for God, but they also wrote music for pleasure. Have you found in your research and your experience that the, the, the lyrics differ or the, the content from music differs between the female composers compared to the male? That's actually a really good question. And I think, um, I mean, one of the interesting things, so when you come into the, say, the Romantic period, two of the composers we're featuring in our concert are Fanny Mendelssohn, who was the daughter of the famous composer Felix Mendelssohn, and Clara Schumann who was married to the more famous male composer, Robert Schumann, but they were both excellent composers in their own right. And they were in the shadow of their, um, the men in their lives. Um, and what I've noticed is a lot of the pieces that we're singing by the women composers tend to have a lot of emotion in them. There are a lot of quite sensual pieces, um, emotional pieces, and even when they're pieces that are um, religious pieces, and then we're doing a couple of those, they've still got quite a lot of um, emotion in them. And I'm not saying that male composers don't have emotion, but I just think that there's much more focus on emotion in the, in the pieces that we're featuring in our concert and the women composers. I mean, the piece we're doing from the 13th century by the Comtesse de is a very passionate piece, and it's, it's, she's riddled with anguish and pain over the fact that she's being betrayed by her lover and she loves him and she hates him, and it's so passionate. And there's another piece we're doing um, by... Strozzi, who's one of the most famous female composers from the Baroque, early Baroque, called Ibachi, and it's basically about the kiss. So it's basically about um, how wonderful it is to kiss, you know, to be with your lover and, and to be kissing, and etc. And so um, there's a lot of passion in the pieces. I notice also that you bring, because we're celebrating 900 years of women in, in composing, that you've got some from the 21st century as well. What we're doing is we're showcasing Adelaide composers. So we've got three pieces at the end of our concert by three actual Lumina members who are all composers, female composers, um, myself, Rachel Sag and Sam Thorne. The pieces that myself and Rachel, uh, that we're showcasing from us, are both very much steeped in the um, Australian culture. My piece, um, The Salt Pan, is actually about reconciliation and it's about the struggle to get a fair outcome for the Aboriginal people. It's a very kind of emotional piece, I guess, an emotional look at, you know, how, I suppose, unfair a lot of what's happened has been. Cut a Tudor by Rach is a beautiful, joyous piece celebrating that wonderful place in the Northern Territory that she visited a few years ago. Um, we're finishing the concert with something completely different by Sam Thorne, and that's called A Common Perception of Demons, and it's a really fun, rollicking piece about demons and what they get up to. So that, we thought that was a bit of a, a fun one to finish the concert with. Is that the one that's got the 9-8 time signature? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's got a lot of changes of time signature and a lot of, um, it's got a bit of body percussion. Cutter Tudor's got a bit of um, vocal harmonics and some um, 
bird noises and sounds of the bush as part of the performance. So we'll be making all those noises with our voices and our bodies. I really wish I'd hit record when that was actually being performed because there was just some beautiful sounds coming through the hall with the, the bird calls and, and the different sounds of nature. They are at least on our YouTube channel. So we've got quite an um, extensive YouTube channel with over 200 tracks and that um, includes Cartitude, the salt pan and the common perception of demons. Um, there, are, there are film clips there and it's the Lumina Vocal YouTube channel. Fabulous. Just one more question. I'm wondering where women have been all these years in, in education of music and, and you've obviously done a lot of research and, and unearthed a lot of um, female composers, but um, have you uncovered any cases where perhaps the music's been composed by a woman but claimed by a male? There are some examples of that and I definitely think, I mean, one of the things I, I reckon is that a lot of the music that came from the medieval period that's called anonymous was probably by a woman. A lot of the music from any period, in fact, that's anonymous is by a woman. Women weren't allowed to publish music. Sometimes it was the, there were lots of people around who were telling them they couldn't do it. And it might have been, you know, a dominating father or husband or it wasn't the done thing. And so that's why it's it's been harder to unearth the music of the women. They weren't celebrated. They weren't allowed to work generally as composers. They weren't allowed to be recognised for being, you know, superior musicians in their own right. They were always in the shadow of men. And that's, I mean, that's part of this whole journey that we've had to do with women trying to get some sort of fairness and equality and I think it's very much the case that there's probably lots of hidden gems out there. There's probably lots of music that was never published and therefore got lost. And there's some stuff that might have been um, written down as by a man. We have cases of many authors who used male names to get themselves published and it's, it's probably been very like that for women unless they're in a particular position with someone who's supporting them just got left in the dark. Well, I'm very glad that they did compose and very grateful for people like yourself who are uncovering it. So the ensemble is performing on the 13th of March. Performance because of COVID. We didn't want to have lots of performances because we just thought there's more risk. It's a very large venue, so it's a very safe venue. We'll have COVID marshals here, um, sanitizer available, you know, COVID check in, everything will be done with the greatest of care and there's lots of space in the room and we'll have good airflow so we'll try and make sure everyone is, is as safe as possible just in case we want everyone to be safe regardless. Good to know that we can safely hear all those angelic voices. Thanks very much for your time, Anna. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you. That Entertainment Podcast. Subscribe now on your favourite podcast service to hear more interviews about what's happening in Adelaide Entertainment as it happens. Head to our website for more content, thatentertainmentpodcast.com.au. A welcome change media production.